executive power is not left free to choose the methods of solving the problems of poverty, subsistence, and health of large numbers in the community, then government is to be rendered impotent. And two other justices agreed. In 1996, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was appointed to the Supreme Court where she continued her lifetime commitment to constitutional law. There, Judge Ginsburg continued her pursuit for equality, justice, and a dedication to the law. She was a feminist icon whose passion and ferocity was matched only by her academic and professional achievements. Affectionately known as RBG, she was a prominent figure enforcing and upholding women's rights. She has forever made her mark in a male-dominated field, being one of the only four women appointed to the Supreme Court. Never flinching, relenting, or giving in to political pressure, she was scathing in her dissents and optimistically hopeful in her opinions. She ruled in favor for what she believed the law represented and how it should be used to protect and promote. She will always be known as the notorious RBG. Presumptively invalid. A law or official policy denies to women, simply because they are women, equal opportunity to aspire, achieve, participate in, and contribute to society based upon what they can do. 1996, United States vs. Virginia. Institutional placement of persons who can handle and benefit from community settings perpetuates unwarranted assumptions that persons so isolated are incapable or unworthy of participating in community life. Olmsted versus LC, 1999. A would-be polluter may or may not be dissuaded by the existence of a remedy on the books, but a defendant once hit in pockets book will surely think twice before polluting again. Friends of the Earth versus Laidlaw Environmental Services, 2000. Arizona voters sought to restore the core principle that voters should choose their representatives not the other way around. The elections clause, we affirm, does not hinder that endeavor. Arizona State Legislature versus Arizona Independent Redistricting Commission, 2015. The protection against excessive fines guards against abuses of government's punitive or criminal law enforcement authority. This safeguard we hold is fundamental to our scheme of ordered liberty. Timms versus Indiana, 2019. I dissent. Bush versus Gore, 2000. Episode 4 of FDR's Wheelchair. I'm Brandon Ziegler, my co-host... Dave Martin. How you guys doing? And I'm I'm sure you've heard the tragic news that we've lost one of the most respected and uh, most passionate uh, Supreme Court justices we've ever had in uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was something of a, a force that, that really hasn't been seen by someone... Five feet tall. Thanks. <laughs> I thought you were going to say since Thurgood Marshall, you know, 
But I think five foot tall. Will five work. foot tall. Little, little <laughs> pocket hurricane. Yes. <laughs> that you had. Yes. I mean, uh, what a tour de force she was. Uh, she was incredibly, incredibly passionate, incredibly smart. Um, there's. It's hard to battle against someone who is willfully forceful and that can back it up as she was. And this is why we're just going to let let the politics go to the side this time. We're not going to go into what her death creates politically. We're not going to go into what it means for the president, for the, for the Senate, or for the House. We're just going to um, appreciate her memory and appreciate what she's done for this country. She was a true patriot and served a lifelong commitment to her country through the practice of law. And we're going to respect her for that. Next week, we'll, we will get into that. But this week, we're just going to appreciate what she's done for us and and for, for law in general and for law for this country. As a democratic country that we are, she was a stalwart. You know, Brandon, I couldn't say it any better than you just said. Um, and I think most people um, are in the same frame of mind right now. Obviously, the political ramifications are great. Uh, but for the purpose of what we're doing right now, like you said, to uh, keep the political ramifications to the side and just focus on who she was as a person, as a Supreme Court justice, as a, as you said, a stalwart for um, equality, um, particularly that of women and minorities. Um, you know, you can't say enough about who she was as a person. So, um Hats off to you, um, Justice Ginsburg. You're sorely missed by everybody. Rest in peace, RBG. Yep. All right. Um, we're going to move on to someone who's not quite there. Our Attorney General Barr. Oh! General, Attorney General William Barr. William Barr. Who is not living up to those to those aspirations. Oh, oh... Bar. Even George H.W. Bush has said, Seem a great change from Attorney General Barr that I knew. <laughs> Zombie H.W. Bush. <laughs> you might be referring to W. Bush. No, H.W. George H.W. That's what he said about William Barr. When? Uh, before he died. Oh, before he died. Yeah. Okay. Before he, I, 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 I thought you said he was saying that. This, no, he's not saying that this like, week. On this ghost that, that, special, that'd be hard. On this ghost special, unless I'm uh, unless there's some talents I'm unaware of, <laughs> or dead presidents are speaking to me in my sleep. Shit, I need a different podcast. God. Uh, so Bill Barr, I mean, he is absolutely the opposite of what the Department of Justice represents. Yeah, it, it's supposed to be an apolitical um, position. It's it's supposed to <laughs> it's supposed to uphold the law and uphold it without any partisan rep- reference to it. it. It's supposed to be independent. It's supposed to be the top lawyer, so to speak. And it has really not been that. It, right. It's been a um, a tool or a weapon of political power. Absolutely. Slam my microphone there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I mean, he even admits it. He basically, when he's pressed on the question, he 
says, you know, who the hell do you think you are? The agents who work under him, he has said this verbatim, are agents of the attorney general. Agents. Yeah. Um, the KGB? I don't know. That sounds agenty to me, doesn't it? Well, at least they know they're spies. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And this, this is uh, like unprecedented. I mean... He has, has said that they cannot run their own... Um, junior members don't run the, the 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 political agenda, basically. They don't run it. it, it it'd be crazy to think that a, your supervisor doesn't give your message. But that's the whole point of the law officials is that they're independent of each other. They, they, they execute the law under the law. They don't need an agenda. They already have it. it it's spelled out in the tomes of... Of the professors that have written it before them, and and the presidents that judges have presided over, that is what their agenda is. It's not dictated by the attorney general. Absolutely, you know. And this preference that he has for, you know, claiming that the experience of political appointees trumps, pardon the word, that of career officials, just totally flips the concept of the role of career officials in the Department of Justice. Career officials exist to ganter experience and use their long-term knowledge, expertise, and experience in the field to make apolitical judgments when it comes to, you know, the law of the United States. This whole idea that political appointees are there to serve serve the purpose for the Attorney General via the President of the United States... I don't know. That's close to. It it really is, and he he is trying to groom people to live up to what he thinks. I mean, his quote was: "Many supervisors are career officials who often have more experience than the politicals, and the career officials generally work hard to apply principled positions across administrations." Yes, that may seem nonpartisan. That may seem. Where he's carefully saying, yes, we kind of do it, but we guide. But that is not what it's saying. The supervisors aren't there to guide them. They're there just to give um, law advice. They're there to be like, hey, why don't you check this precedent? Why don't you check this book? Um, They're not there to guide the people under them to what the political gains would be. Exactly. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying that they are there because they are more experienced in gaining um, gaining the experience over the politicals of what they want to do. Right, right. I mean, when you become president someday, God help us all. Ah, here it goes. Someday. Here it goes. I mean, you know, you rely on those career professionals to give you that legal advice. President to president to, to president, they rely on those people. So when you go on the ground running from day one, you know, you have people in position in the executive branch to help you along. You know, it doesn't mean people retire or you might get rid of somebody who, you know, you don't see to be completely aligned with what you're doing. But, oh, my God, the purpose of the Justice Department is to give sound legal advice, i.e. precedent, that comes with experience. It's Um, just ridiculous. Mr. President, you're you're not allowed to... To say that you'll give them money in case they do you a favor of looking into Hunter Biden? 
That's, that's oh. not okay. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Um, what? Oh, okay, I'll get angry off this. <laughs> oh, I mean, my God. I mean, he literally just laid, laid it out there that he's his own personal lawyer. I mean, we've talked about this time before on, on the show um, with with the case of, you know, Trump <laughs> proving his, his lawsuits as, as him, as the United States' defendant because he was in his role as his job. Right. The Westfall Act. Can I hear my dog? Oh, yeah. Are we back no, to the Westfall I can't, Act? I can't hear the dogs. <laughs> they don't agree this time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The dogs concur. Very good. And just, I mean, this diatribe that Barr went on almost just makes it seem like he is a complete loose cannon and isn't using any level of reason in his position to advocate for true justice and the rights of the American people. I mean, it is just absolutely out of control. I mean, even the director of the FBI was taken aback by the comments that he made. And he just <laughs> basically blew it off, you know? Hmm. Um, I mean, the FBI director. The, yeah. So last fall, in his speech before the Conservative Federal Society, he accused President's political opponents of pursuing a no-holds-barred resistance meant to sabotage Trump's presidency. Now, first of all, why the fuck does William Barr even care about Trump's presidency? He shouldn't at all. No. You know? He should be upholding law as he, as it is deemed in the passages. If you think about how many people are truly bought passages. into these conspiracy theories, oh, it will literally blow your mind. Well, the QAnon, there's one of them that's elected to uh, Congress. I know, she's QAnon. awesome. She's pure entertainment for our podcast. Oh, wait. No, she's not. She's terrible for democracy. But hey, like we're going to talk about next week with the political ramifications of the Supreme Court, elections have consequences. Hey, Democrats, elections have consequences. No, they don't. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh. And what about Barr's uh, comment about slavery versus oh. the lockdown? This is like the it best is, thing ever. It is the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in American history. Right. Is that other than slavery... Which was a different kind of restraint. <laughs> like, oh, Isn't that the I ultimate restraint? I shouldn't be laughing at this shit because it's so. I want to cry instead. Fuck. Oh, oh at least this is the greatest intrusion on civil liberties in American history. So he's talking about the lockdown. Wait, are you putting the institution of slavery for hundreds of years on par with me not allowed to going to go to a bar and get a haircut? I mean, come on, man. No. No. No, he's not. At least they got fed and housed in slavery. I had to sit here and watch Netflix oh. and order my own food. Your own food? My own food. You had to get on the DoorDash app. Yeah. And After I woke up at 10 o'clock in the morning, <sighs> rolled over, took my dogs outside, I had to figure out what I was going to eat. And, like... You is know it, how hard that is? It, is this an all lives matter moment? <laughs> I was, yeah. I was like, should I get the quinoa or the avocado toast? I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you're literally comparing the idea of a national lockdown to the institution of slavery. Okay. Okay, so the slavery thing's been thrown out there as the greatest intrusion 
because you know you control somebody's life. But what no one has actually mentioned yet is the internment camps the Japanese had to face. Ah, in the forties, right? Is that not the is that not the greatest civil liberty that we put American citizens that came from a certain country into internment camps? That uh, no, no, because they're Asian. They're Asian. That's fine. That's what they want to do. Or, you know, like. Right, right. I mean, the battle for civil civil rights and civil liberties in this country, when it comes to race, when it comes to gender, when it comes to immigrant status, when it comes to sexual orientation and sexual identity, to put any of those on par with what he's talking about is absolutely treacherous, and it's an anomaly. You know, Ooh. And these struggles that we have in America over these types of rights that doesn't make us weak that we have to grapple with these problems. It makes us stronger that we can move forward and always go in the positive direction of improving our rights. It doesn't mean that we deny our history, you know? It, I don't know. Oh, just, just just pour your tears in here, you I fucking know. snowflake. God, I'm supposed to be God. laughing today. Yeah, what's hard to laugh? I'm going to collect these and put them in my fucking <laughs> my Trump vote. <laughs> Oh, yeah, liberal tears. I mean, this is like a, worth its weight in gold you know? at the RNC. <laughs> Ray, the head of the uh, FBI, he's like, you know what? I serve the American people. Period. I don't serve anything else. Yeah, and that's what else can they say? That's exactly the way it should be. I mean, I don't understand why why we have to choose. I don't understand why the FBI is being made political. But you know, fuck the FBI because I mean they have passed done very bad things but as we as a people we can turn to them and say stop but when they turn to us and going which political party is controlling me now right that's where it gets scary. yeah it disrupts the integrity to... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know should i lock you up because you're liberal or republican i don't know <laughs> oh my god Oh, shit, it's just getting too real out there. Right, um, it's getting very real. And there's too much information to grapple with sometimes. it's It it really is. Um, I think I need a, need a humor break, man. I'm kind of serious over dude, here today. No, I'm Are you feeling that? My Are shoulders. Can I talk about our mistakes last week? I think I feel need a little urge to like throw something in there. You, you mean our faux pas. Our faux pas. <laughs> yes, oui, oui. <laughs> So last week, I was referring to um, the amount of money that the RNC owed in back debt, and uh, the correct number was 667000 and some change. And I referred to it as $660,007,000, which I don't know if that's a real number. But when I said it, I sounded stupid, and then when I listened to it again, I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. And I left it in there just because. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah you left it in there because, oh, well, you know what? <laughs> We're not perfect. Well, to make you feel better, Dave. Yeah, I, I want to feel better. I, <laughs> yeah, you just, you perked up all there and you just looked at me like, yeah, your turn, motherfucker. You're fuck up, yay. It's going to be worse than mine. I, I may have said Michael Coon instead of Michael Steele. Uh, I, I was referring to Michael Steele. Yet I said Michael Kane. But at least I can count. <laughs> I mean, out of all the black Republicans in the world that I'm counting on this one hand, I put two hands up at one hand, you're going to get them mixed up. Hey. Hey. 
So do they. <laughs> Michael Steele, dude, he's like kind of turned. He's a. Uh, He's very critical of the Republican Party and the direction. Yes, that yeah, he, he is actually. He they is. need to listen to him more. They do, yeah, and he yeah. was very, very stern against uh, um, um, uh, senators like McConnell and Lindsey uh-huh. Graham, and the ones that have just come flip flop. Yeah, you. and he's very against what the Republican Party has come under Trump. It's it's no longer the Republican Party; it's the Trump Party, the Trump cult, absolutely, the, Trump the cult, cult of oh. personality, right there. Yeah. You better believe it. Yeah, kind of like what Reagan did to them. Yeah. If you yeah. listen to Michael Steele and people like him and your Mitt Romney's of the world, you might have a chance. But then you also have to listen to Ben Carson. And you know, he is in charge. You mean Ben Steele, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, snap! Damn. Damn, I had like a whole little bit. Though. Unless you compared a living one, living Republican to a living Republican. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true. R.I.P. <laughs> Damn, I had like a whole little bit and now you just you just kind of ruined it for me. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. At least, none, at least none of them are Jeannie Sapiro. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeannie we just Sapiro. wanted to let the listeners out there know. I know sometimes when you listen to us the first three episodes, you're like, these guys are pretty damn perfect with what they do and what they say. And, you know, I wouldn't change a thing about what they're doing. Well, we make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry to break the news, but we do make mistakes we, uh, sometimes. Every once in a while, every once in a while, we'll kind of slip over our words and reference the wrong person. Because, you know, I'm doing this top of my head. Top Absolutely of my head. top of the head. We're going. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, this isn't edited. No, not this at all. us talking for an hour. Right. We have real jobs during the day. We come home. We have to deal with your fucking dogs. That's true. Yeah. You know, we sit down, we eat, and then we just kind of make some stuff up. And it works. Yeah. It really does work. Kind of like Congress. Kind of like Congress. Yes. An unorganized clusterfuck of aging white guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, wow, you're going. We both have enough gray in our hair, I think, to uh, officially become members of Congress. Mm, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Can we talk about a particular congressman, a particular senator, Brandon? I do declare. Ooh, you do declare. <laughs> I feel like we're jumping in our uh... Lindsey Graham versus Jaime Harrison. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Graham versus Graham Harrison. Graham versus Harrison. Yeah. So, uh, Lindsey Graham, how long has he been a senator? I mean, do we know? Um, he was. Let's see if I have in my notes. Um, no, I don't have in my notes. But a I, really fucking long time. Yeah. So Lindsey Graham, he's kind of like your, you know, your Mitch McConnell. Um, uh, probably most senators have been in this in the Senate since they get to serve six year terms for at least a decade in a row. So to be an incumbent and only be elected three times, that means you serve for 12 years. So the whole idea that spending a lot of time in the Senate is a bad thing is a little bit of a double-edged sword because with that comes experience. That was the whole design of the Senate, having six-year terms, is that you would have people that get in there, get the experience, and serve for a very long time. On the other end of the sword, you have the proverbial swamp. Okay, a little Drain the swamp. I mean, Drain the what? swamp. So, huh. oh, can I declare that as the thing that I Trump I agree with with Trump? No, the declaration no. of the Trump uh, of the swamp. No, you can't do that just okay. yet. Okay, okay, okay. I will. 
I have a scathing one soon that, ooh, ooh, it's going to break our rule of the political part. Oh, God. All right. Stop we need to focus yourself. on put this it, race. Put it away. I'll put, put it, it away. Put, hold it. You could see it. Barely. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's away now, FYI. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, uh, Lindsey Graham is uh, against it with uh, Jaime Harrison. The most recent poll conducted by Quinnipiac University from September 10th to 14th shows Graham and Harrison tied. Yeah, 48%. An incumbent senator is tied. In South Carolina. In South Carolina! I know. That's absolutely insane. A Republican! Right. It's tight in South Carolina. And Harrison is outspending and outraising Lindsey Graham by a lot. How many times can I say, I do declare? I do declare. That's the only thing in like a southern accent I can say. I do love his voice, though. It's very comforting. When McCain was alive and he actually made some sense, I kind of like listening to some Lindsey Graham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Lindsey Graham's one of those those weird ones where uh, he got flipped. Yeah. He was very against... Very against Trump. I mean, he said some, some really, really bad, some really hurtful things. Some really hurtful things. An individual. Yes. Hey, it's no secret that politicians <laughs> say and do different things in different political situations. You know, they're hip- we're we're just like having this epiphany this week that politicians are complete hypocrites. Yes, they are. In my own words, Dave, I was being a real bitch. <laughs> a real bitch. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, that's we, we've been talking about McConnell and uh, Amy McGrath. He's probably going to win that. <laughs> well, I just, I just had this, this horrible image. This oh, yeah. horrible image that just came to me right now. Is, uh, it's going to be Trump's birthday, right? Yeah. And they're going to roll in the cake. And out comes the person who goes, Happy birthday. Mr. President. Oh, that would be great. It would be Lindsey Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. That, that. <laughs> and Melania is going, fucking now. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> uh, and there goes us back to our old man balls motif of episode there it is. three. Hey. Got it. I got it in there. <laughs> Good old wrinkles. <laughs> yeah. But this is a big deal because he is. I mean, South Carolina is still leaning Republican when it comes to this election. I would be a little bit surprised if Harrison beat Lindsey Graham, but it is close. That 48% is likely voters, not registered voters. Correct. And as we get closer to the election, you know, those uh, those polls are generally pretty good within their margin of error. Yeah, and um, both candidates received 48% of support among the night. 19- 969 likely voters who were polled, so... Yeah. I mean, that's a very... I hate these polls where, like, oh, yeah, like, 50 people said this, and that's a poll. Like, 969 people, like, you can yeah. target that anywhere. Yeah. So It's, it's um, got to be scientific. It has to be within plus, three, uh, plus or minus three percentage points, yeah. which uh, this, uh, this poll does. So it's pretty valid. It's pretty reliable. And, and one of the things was Harrison only launched his campaign in um, May 2019. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's barely had the yeah. time to put together a message, let alone. I can't believe he's raised that much money to go against Lindsey Graham. When they see a vulnerability and yeah. the status that he has as the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, especially now. Oh, yeah. Whoa, let's see what's yeah. going to happen. 
You know? Let's see what's going to happen. And he, you know? if he won, he'd be the first Democrat since 2006 to win South Carolina. Since 2006? Yep. It's a long that's time. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll see what happens. I definitely think, and we're not going to talk about it, but the Supreme Court vacancy is going to have an impact on this election. And yeah. it's going to be a major We'll talk pendulum about next week. Next week, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the things I want to bring up about this is that Hey, Dave, yep. what are you going to do in April? What am I going to do in April? Yeah. Not pay my damn taxes. Damn straight. Damn straight. Ain't taking my federal taxes. Government can't tell me what to do. So, um, this is great because Lindsey Graham is attacking Jaime Harrison, who hadn't released his taxes just yet. Huh? Just yet? Just yet. He yeah. released them last Friday. Lindsey Graham said, I've released 11 years of my tax returns. Where are your tax returns? How'd you make your money? I, I'm going to let that sink in. Tax returns. Right. Tax returns. Where have we heard tax returns? Who's this friend? Mm. Oh, wait. Oh, oh the president! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, like I've said before, Republicans right now, they don't give a shit. They don't care what they, they said don't. earlier. They fucking it's don't. balls to the wall. We're going to put all of our efforts into this one candidate, into this one idea, and we're going to roll those dice, and we're going to see what happens. Because they know, boy, they sure know, guess who could fuck it up? The Democrats. Democrats. You know? Oh, it, so. it's, it's true. It, it literally is. It's shouting in the face of hypocrisy. It is literally daring you going, call me out on that. I dare you. Right. I dare you, you're fucking communist. Call me out on it. Right. Is what they're they're shouting, and it, it, it's you, you'd think they'd pay for it at some point. Yeah, exactly. But nope, nope. They're doubling down on. They're literally doubling down on it for the second term. Yeah, it's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah, um, it might could work. you imagine if Obama didn't release his tax returns? What that Muslim terrorist spent his money on? I know. I mean. You can only buy so many RPGs with a government tax return or a tax. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> do I get a return on my uh, my M60s or not? <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. If I wear mean. a turban, <laughs> I mean, it, and it is, people believed it about him. They, they you know, did. even though he verified the fact over and over and over again with his birth certificate, his real birth certificate, you brothers out there. That he absolutely was who he said he was, and he did it right away. He didn't wait. I actually heard this when when this was going on. I, I can't validate it. It's just it's an anecdotal thing. But someone on Fox News was calling in and said, when uh, President Obama releases uh, first certificate, was that doctor wearing a turban? <laughs> <laughs> I can't make that shit up. Oh. Dude. That happened. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. Do they wear turbans in Hawaii? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's some of them do. I don't like. know. God. <laughs> Listeners out there. Well, I know one person in Hawaii. Anybody else who's in Hawaii, find somebody with a turban. Oh, take a picture. Do it. Do it. I will send you a gift. When we get gifts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron, you're oh. disqualified, by the way. Yes. Yeah. 
Because um, he's the only listener I, from Hawaii right now. Well, he's fine. He doesn't have a competition. I did want to uh, announce something. Once we get things made for like um, t-shirts and stickers and, and stuff like that. We're going to have merch. We're going to... Fuck merch, yeah, we're going to have merch. Once we get the merch in, I want to give the first 20 followers on Facebook. Because that's not launched yet. Right, Dave? Facebook has been launched. It a has. week ago. Yeah. Oh. So the first... Was it friends? How about friends? how about twatters or tweeters or whatever? Okay, the first... Uh, twatters. Yeah, you... Oh, that's what, should, that's what they should be called. The, the 20-something. The FDR twatters. The FDR twatters. <laughs> you will get a sticker for calling yourself a twatter. The first FDR twatters will get an FDR twatter t-shirt. <laughs> I like that. Yeah? Yep. All right. Sign up, motherfucker. <laughs> and we'll figure out a way to make that fair, because we don't know what we're talking about right now. We need, we need a social we'll, media we'll person. Get, yes, we'll get the rules and shit done. Or fuck, we'll just start sending up t-shirts. Well, if anybody gives me their Let's consult our legal department. <laughs> Wait, well, we don't have... Wait, hey, bar. Hey, bar. <laughs> No black? What? No, you can't say that. We'll ask her three dogs if they have an opinion. They usually do. They usually do. Not today. They've been kind of uncommittal. Like, what the fuck? They're RBG. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. All right. All right. Speaking about the twatter that won't release his, uh, <laughs> his tax returns. Being a teacher. Yes. I know this one comes close to your heart. So... Do you know about the 619 Project? Yes, the 619 Project. I research it, but I'm going to let you kind of talk about it, if that's okay. Or do you want me to kind of mention it a little bit? Uh, you start off, and then I'm going to bounce off of you. Okay, so the 619 Project was um, a movement where it really focused on how slavery first came into America and how that really played a role in the building of the United States, right. the building of the, of the colonies, and how they were actually able to achieve what they did. So it, it started, this um, 1619 really started in California, but it was a movement. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been lauded and it's been criticized. Most of the criticism is more historical because history, it really is a a project. It, it you, you can have the facts and you can have the dates and stuff, but the influences, you really have to be fluid with them. You really have to go through them and see, yes, this bit came from here, this bit came from here. And what the 1619 Project really was, it, it helped focus something new. And that's never a bad thing in history. Right. It's never a bad thing. You need those because we don't, we can't be there. So all we have is the, the, the artifacts, what was written, and, and the ideas that have been brought to us from the past. So when you go back to the past, history is constantly re being rewritten. It, right. It's, it's, a, um, it's almost... And, it, and it's not revisionism. It's a rewriting to tell the story better than we used to know it. Correct. Yeah. And it's adding aspects. We're never going to get it right. perfect because we yeah. weren't there. Right. And this is a movement that has really tried to focus on what it was as being a slave that was brought to this country right. so long ago. And, and and all it's doing, it's trying to tell a more even-handed version of America's history. You know, 
it's not denying or carving out other individuals that we have traditionally taught, but it's teaching about them in a new perspective, cognizant of the time period that were, you know, that the nation was founded on. You cannot have a United States. You cannot have the colonies declaring themselves independent from Great Britain without the most of the work on the backbone of slaves from Africa. Right. You just can't deny it. And it and what what I think it's getting caught up, it's not blaming. It's no. not saying that they're to blame or or our freedom isn't truly free or liberties aren't real. It's saying this happened. Back then freedom was different. Women weren't free. Um People who didn't own land right. could not vote. Until 1828, you had yeah. to be a property owner to vote. Liberty wasn't the same. It has evolved. And this is this is a, a new way of seeing that liberty, that freedom evolve. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing at it all. Should be, it should be praised and it, it should be looked at. It should be taught. It's it, patriotic. It is absolutely It patriotic. doesn't serve the nationalistic propaganda that is mirrored as patriotic but it's patriotic to look at this new as a whole picture you know i mean the whole country from its early foundation was relied completely on slave labor and the disenfranchisement of systemic racism against racial minorities is a part of our history and we have to find a way to grapple with it without ignoring it or just giving it one little chapter in a history book. It's not unpatriotic to realize that because as an imperfect society, one of our, our founding benefits, one of our one of the things that really makes us great is to build a more perfect union. Right. That is a what more makes us perfect, more union. perfect union. That always evolves, always gets better. Absolutely. Well, there's a quote I'd like to read to you. Cool. That gives a little different version of the 1619 project. Would you like to hear it? You, you say like as if I have a choice. You don't have a choice. You never have a choice. Ahem. Critical race theory, the 1619 project, and the crusade against American history is toxic propaganda, ideological poison that, if not removed, will dissolve the civic bonds that tie us together. It will destroy our country. And I quote President Donald Trump. Uh, You didn't finish that quote. It goes on to say, That is why I recently banned trainings in this British ideology from federal government and banned it in the strongest manner possible. (sighs) Are you fucking kidding? This, I was researching this and I was fucking livid. Absolutely fucking livid. I was like... you know what this is? It's 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 um, saying it's unpatriotic. It's saying, hey, if you're not white, you don't get your history written in this. If it's not if it's not promoting what we think is patriotic, what right. we think is what Americans should be. If we aren't fucking the Aryan. Oh, did I say Aryan? Oh, that was a, um, I think they call that a Freudian slip. Oh, um, if, what's what's not a Freudian slip is the actual Twitter trend. Right after he said that, um, Trump youth. Trump youth. You know what? I was thinking about it. I'm like, this is how it starts. It's not with the uh, the beating of people. In the street. Oh, wait. We had that in Seattle. 
okay. They had, they beat people in Portland. They marched around. Charlottesville. Charlottesville. They had torch. You know what? The only difference is, at least the Nazis had the balls to put swastikas on their uniforms. Damn. Where's well, where's the mic? <laughs> I, I'm afraid this microphone will break if I drop it. But it's a it's like <laughs> mic drop time in this house. Fucking damn. I'm, I was I was really rather. Uh, Worked up on this, and as a teacher, uh, I'm sure you have a little more things to say. But I need to calm down just a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to take my cream soda. And, and, and again, the stuff that the president's talking about is it's he views patriotism as nostalgia, as the American story of you know the founding fathers and only the founding fathers and a little boy with a drum playing a flute and you know celebrating the 4th of July, and telling the story the way it's been told since day one, and not wavering from that at all. It's just pure nostalgia. And he is trying to resonate with people who who want that concept back, you know? I think they're afraid of learning any other truth because they've been convinced this long that it goes against the story of the greatness of our country, which the opposite is true. Absolutely, and I think people are, um, they get they get a little scared and a little worried if something's different from what they know, or they have to reach out beyond their boundaries. Right. Um, one of the things that, uh, growing up overseas is, one of the things that yeah. um, people make fun of Americans is that only 40% of us have a passport, so we're not used to traveling and seeing other sides of things. And what we, percent did you say? 40 40%. 40%. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's nothing at all. And and it, so we're not used to getting out of our comfort zone. We're not used to seeing a different perspective. We're not seeing yeah. um, a view from the other side of, of what happens with American imperialism. What happens when America says, no, we're, we're not importing to you anymore. What happens when America says, yeah, we're importing all our stuff to you. You're getting all our culture and having to watch Friends in, a, in subtitles or or, or or ordering cheeseburgers at McDonald's when you're like, no, that's not my culture. We're, right. We're being bombarded with this to see the other side of that. And we're not used to that. And it's, it's hard for us to accept. But when you step this line and step that we are the greatest, we are the best, yeah. and this is the only way it right. is. This is revisionist history. This is how we're doing it. That is not okay. We're so afraid of... We jettison anything that makes us feel uneasy. You know? Yeah. We, we like the Disney version of history, right? We like villains. They're easily spotted. You know? The suffering doesn't last very long. And the heroes prevail and life always gets better. You know? So for yeehaw! Example, yeehaw! But again, like, even when we, like, do our due diligence and we're trying to legitimately teach about slavery. You know, as a teacher... We spend a lot of time talking about Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, some of the key figures that rose to national prominence during that time period. But we don't spend a lot of time talking about what it really was like being a slave. You know, the day-to-day horrors of the transatlantic slave trade or what life was like at a slave auction when you're being pulled away from your family. We don't, we ignore that hard history and we teach only the stuff that we're willing to teach in that kind of hero villain mindset. It's right. easily digestible. Yeah, and and you're correct in that. And we we don't teach the flaws 
in the characters of our history. Right. We're just human. We're just we trying to We are just along. human. You know? Some people have done great things. Thomas Jefferson has written some of the greatest literature on on government that has ever existed. Yet he had slaves. He had, had children with slaves. Basically with slaves. He was not necessarily, if you brought him to the art time, a good moral person. That's okay to teach that. It's okay right. to acknowledge it's that It's not people... anti-American. Right. It's not anti-patriotic. Get over it. Right. It's not cancel culture. Yeah. But, which is another farce. Which, no, yeah. But with this kind of thing, we're listening to people like Bob Woodson, who said, low-income blacks are just collateral damage. Low-income blacks are just collateral damage. That's not okay to say that. No one should be considered collateral damage. And he's the one that started this 1776 he's, group. He's one. Yes, he's one of the people that have been behind the launching of it. Wow. It is not okay to consider people, human beings, let alone your fellow Americans, as collateral damage. It's not okay when a Predator Jones strikes... And the president wants Iraqi him in village. charge of nationalized... Patriotic education? Yeah, which is a whole nother thing that the president's overstepping his bounds is, is that the federal government... When's this not... Netflix movie coming out? I want to watch it and get scared for Halloween. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's real. <laughs> huh. Fuck, it's not a movie. It's a, document, a documentary. <laughs> but we shouldn't be considering anybody collateral damage. It's it's not human. It's not, it's not American. Right. Oh, what's it? Are we supposed to be funny? This, I know we're, str <laughs> dude, we're like in depression mode though. You know, yeah. I'm out Friday night. I'm having a good time with my wife. We're listening to live music. We're drinking beers and eating. All of a sudden my phone goes blip. And I'm like, oh God. And I started freaking out and everybody at the table was like, what's wrong? Like they literally thought someone I was really close to died. Maybe. In a way, I don't know. Yeah. But that hit hard. And it's just, you know, it's hard to be funny when things are just so crazy right now. When you, you have know? shit like this. Yeah. I mean, these are deep conversations. These, these are deep topics. There's no way to make light about, you know, the education of American history and our culture and the way it should be taught versus the way it is being taught and the way the president wants it to be taught. I mean, there's no way to, like... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make up jokes. I'm really. I'm I know. So am I. It's not working. <laughs> goddammit. it. Not working at all. I gotta go teach this shit tomorrow. I'm not <laughs> Maybe I just get drunk and say fuck it. Yeah, might as well. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, before I go on another rant and yeah, whatnot. Uh, Can we just turn. cry and hug? Well, we're going to do that anyway. We do that. Isn't that a ritual? It is a ritual. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're men. But that's important. We're men. We're manly men. men. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack and that's okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. <laughs> Get the reference, guys. Uh, all um, we did before this podcast started was like do Monty Python impressions. Absolutely. And make each other laugh. <laughs> that's where all the humor went. That's where it God went. damn it. Ah, oh, man. Damn it, Monty Python. <laughs> Coming for you, John Cleese. Coming for you, John Cleese. All right. So um, you always do this shit to me. So something 
that you agree with President Trump. Ooh. Yeah, it's your turn, motherfucker. Am I allowed to break a little bit of the rule about because, the whole yes. Supreme Court thing? Yeah, okay. I'll all allow right. it. So next week, we're obviously going My to opinion. talk about <laughs> all of the hypocrisy surrounding Trump nominating another Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. But when he stated the other day that he will nominate another Supreme Court justice and expect a vote by the Senate, I agree, constitutionally. I also agree that Obama should have been able to do it, should have been able to do it. According to the Constitution, you can be one hour away from the next president being inaugurated, and you get to pick. Dave? Yes? We're getting a call. Yes? Pelosi Schumer. Are they threatening my life? Oh, wait, hold on. Hold yeah. On, hold on. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, shut the fuck oh. up, Dave. Oh, um, Dave, I need your Democrat card. I know. I know. We're going to have to take it. Just looking at I, it? I tried to tell him, guys. I yeah. tried to tell him. By the way, your hair yeah. looks great, Nancy. It really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, oh, that maskless God. haircut that you got, you <laughs> hypocrite. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, man, from a constitutional perspective, regardless of all the bullshit that the leadership and this and that does, the president has the constitutional authority to do it. But I sure as hell hope it doesn't turn out that way. What's that, Nancy? You have a, you have an arrow in your quiver with Dave's name on it? Oh, okay. I'll let him know. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> the only thing quivering on her is that lip. <laughs> oh, I'm just not a fan of her. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think. Not a big fan of her. Yeah. She is a politician politician. Yeah. Absolutely. She's not yeah. an idealist at all. Yeah, so that's the only thing I can really think of. Um, when... They did, I mean, when they told him about Ginsburg's death, he didn't know about it yet. And his reaction was actually civil. He seemed like a human being. And seemed like a human being. And I was very, like, and again, the bar, not the William bar, but the bar for Trump's behavior is so low that him not being an asshole is a win. You know what was playing in the background? What? Tiny dancer. (laughs) It was the power of Elton John made Trump human. All this, jo- all this joking around, Brandon, I think you forget. You have to come up with something, too, that Trump did or said that you agree with. I, too, am going to have to break some rules. Ooh. Um, nothing this week did that fucking horrendous piece of shit say. <laughs> I'm, I'm fired up on him. I could go, yeah. I could go a full You've hour. You've got nothing. It's I've, all. I had to go back. Ooh. I had to reach in. In the bag of Trump, to his campaign, nonetheless, ah. to bring something out. Ooh. And what I agree with Trump is this really, a shriveled old bag, by the way, the or the, the shriveled sack? <laughs> the shriveliest. <laughs> is Trump in his campaign? He hasn't really pushed for it because he hasn't really had the time. You know, he's got to negotiate that third term and everything. Anyway. Was his $1 trillion infrastructure deal that he wanted to do. I think that is one of the best things that he's ever said. One of the best things a politician has ever said. Because 
We do not pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We rely on the foundation and the infrastructure that the government provides us to get to where we are. Amazon did not make it by by building their own roads. No, they relied on the roads that were given to us. <laughs> I almost forgot that the government's supposed to build roads and sewers and bridges and shit exactly. that aren't falling apart. That's their original intent. Yeah. Help us. Help us. They're fall- yeah. They're literally falling apart. Yeah. And and without that, our they talk about the 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 fall of manufacturing, the fall of people not being able to get to their jobs. <laughs> right. To to do this, where government has has the power to do that, we can't go build our own roads. We don't have the money, the ability. Have that, you tried? Uh, no, but I, we should. Oh, we should let's build build an FDR's wheelchair road. Yes, We're only wheelchairs allowed. Handic- on <laughs> yeah, yeah handic- capable access road. Yeah. Yes. All right. All right. I like it. It's a challenge. Let's do it. We're <laughs> gonna build it. I'm on a road to nowhere. <laughs> just a rant in the middle of nowhere. We got you guys. <laughs> so I too had to break a little yeah, convention. Yeah, I get one. it. It's a tough week, let me tell it you. It was a tough week. You know, and putting up the energy to do this tonight, I was, I'm was i motivated to do it, but the heart is in a weird spot, you know, because yeah. of um, RBG and then the reality of the politics. Um, sometimes it's just hard to let loose when... Things feel kind of tense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're only human. Yeah. Or collateral damage, whoever you was. And guys, we're just saying this, so when you tell us tomorrow that we weren't funny, <laughs> fuck you. We explained ourselves. <laughs> Truth. And we'll probably listen to it later and be like, yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Anyway, you promised me last week you'd have a historical comment. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know... You don't. You don't. You RBG, don't. I can hear you shimmy you know, like, oh, shit. <laughs> she was the key in so many landmark decisions during her tenure, both on the majority side of things, the concurrent side of things, and obviously for her um, dissents. And what it reminded me of, I, I was reading an article about her the other day and said she is, she represents women's equality the way Thurgood Marshall represented equality for African-Americans. So I'd kind of like to take us back to um, Brown versus Board of Education in 1955. And that Supreme Court decision, that was uh, the majority opinion written by Thurgood Marshall, overturned the 1896 Supreme Court decision, um, Plessy versus Ferguson. And basically, Plessy versus 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 Plessy versus Ferguson basically said that separate is okay as long as it's equal. Okay. So you could have segregated public facilities like schools, restaurants, whatever, as long as they were equal. And this stayed on the books for over 55 years until Brown versus Board of Education. And in his majority opinion, Thurgood Marshall wrote, segregation or separate is inherently unequal. And in that decision, basically put an end to racial segregation in the United States as far as the Supreme Court was concerned. What followed was a very bloody, bloody decade where African-Americans and whites, some whites side by side, 
fought for civil rights, you know, and forcibly at some times had to integrate public schools, just like the Little Rock Nine in 1963 um, with Elizabeth Urquhart, I think that's her name, where, you know, she had to be assisted by the National Guard just so she could go to school. So it took 10 years. It took the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act of 1965 to really bring Brown versus Board of Education into reality. Because when the Supreme Court decides something, it just doesn't happen. Congress has to act on it, or state governments have to act upon what the Supreme Court says to make it a reality. And the states weren't there yet. I mean, the state of Mississippi and the governor worked like fully to deny African Americans equality. So hats off to Thurgood Marshall. Dave. Rock and roll. That is probably one of the most poignant and uh, substantial historical contributions given to the uh, FDR's wheelchair so far. Is it better than the one I didn't give it all last week? It makes up for it. Is it more poignant and substantial? Yep. Good. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I I was actually listening to you that time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, the game's like, yeah, totally, dude. Nice. That That was good, man. Uh, and after Brown versus Board of Education, <laughs> everything was solved and everything was fine. <laughs> Yay, America! All right. Well, I think we've uh, come to um, an end. <laughs> we've exhausted. We're, we're exhausted. We're I think uh, we were we were exhausted before this episode began with with everything going on. And uh, I did kind of get drunk this afternoon too. By the way, I'm just saying. It is a Monday afternoon, and he's a teacher, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta do what you gotta do, bitches. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So, uh, next week, we are going to go into the ramifications of RBG passing away and and the the huge vacancy and um, black hole that she literally leaves on the Supreme Court and what's going to happen. I mean, it it is a very, not unique time, but... it, it's Trump. It'll be Trump's third nominee if he if he gets that through. Yeah. It it comes on the heels of a bitter, bitter fight between Democrats and Republicans, and Democrats are threatening. They're threatening everything that they can think of um, to stop this, and Republicans are going nope. We hear the swan song already going, and we're going to do it no matter what. That's at, that'll be. Trump's legacy, whether he's a two-term president or a one-term president, this is going to be his mark on history, and we're in on that. I mean, I'll go into this a little more next week, but there's a lot to go into, a lot to break down. And if uh, the world ends before then, um, I hope everyone enjoyed the first four episodes of FDR's Wheelchair. We had fun making it. Yeah. We really did. We miss all of you. And we appreciate you uh, listening to us rail against the man. But I hope the world doesn't end. I hope so, too. I hope we see you next Because week. next week is also... Mystery Science 3000. It is. It is. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one. We're going to take the presidential debates. We're not going to have any video, but we're going to have the sound. So if you want to watch it with the video, it's even better. But uh, we'll have the debates going over the top, and we'll be commenting on it and making jokes. And I We'll try to explain some things, I guess. Yeah. We'll try. Yeah. But, uh... It might be a disaster. Who knows, man? Who knows? You might tune in for a few minutes and be like, oh, fuck this shit. But we'll, we'll have the episode beforehand, then we'll yep. go into um, Mr. Science Theater 3000, the debates. But uh, let's do a little uh, 
little housework on our social media. Yep. So join us on Twitter at FDR underscore wheelchair. And again, I'm going to start a beef with somebody. And it's going to start on Twitter before it spills over into the show. Also check us out for updates on Facebook, which apparently Brandon didn't know existed. (laughs) It's locked me out like seven times. We seriously have hired the dogs to be our social media experts. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, And we haven't mentioned this before, except for the first episode, but we do have a Patreon. Oh yeah, we got a Patreon. So it's FDR's wheelchair. Um, So you can sign up. Uh, it just help us help us with the show. Every time you give us money, it goes straight back into the show. It goes back back to better equipment, um, us sounding better, sounding smarter. I think better uh, microphones make us sound smarter. I, I think that's how it works. That's really expensive. So, <laughs> so just keep on giving. It's like a it's like a well that never fills. Make them smarter, it just disappears. <laughs> but we we'd appreciate any help you can give us. Um, uh, what else do we have? So we got we got the, the Patreon. Oh, yeah. And if you start giving us regular on Patreon, we're going to l- release more content. Ooh. We're going to have Patreon-supported um, content. So Ooh. if you sign up for $10, you can you can uh, have the topic for the week. And ah. we'll go into depth of the topic. And we'll make fun of it. And we'll explain it. We'll Those just... t-shirts should go to the Patreon people, I'm thinking. Well, we... Yes, but the first 20 people on Twitter get those. Oh, Twitter. Okay. And then you can subscribe to Patreon, and you can get other t-shirts and stickers and other merchandise. All the pro- <laughs> the promises we've made in the last 30 seconds probably are undoable at the moment. We're poor. We don't have fucking t-shirts. Yeah, that's why you got to go on our Patreon. But we will eventually, when we have a few extra bucks, yeah. throw some incentives out there. Absolutely. Yes. So, again... If you have any ideas, anything you want us to talk about or, or um, make fun of us for or yell at us about, our email is fdrswheelchairpodcast at gmail.com. And the first person to email us will get 500 t-shirts. <laughs> Random t-shirts. <laughs> this doesn't even fit. doesn't fit. Like the ones that have mistakes on them and stuff. Right, right. Or the ones that they give away when, like, uh, like the Super Bowl or whatever, they have the oh, Losers right. t-shirt right, and exactly. win. <laughs> You'll have, the, like, the 2,000 Browns Super Bowl champions or some <laughs> shit like that. Bengals AFC champions. <laughs> fill in the blank. Oh, man. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> All right. I think that's us. At the, shit. That's it for us uh, Definitely. this week. That's it. Definitely. We're done. <laughs> We're out. <laughs> All right. R.I.P. R.B.G. All Thank right. you. Yeah. Yeah. We love you, girl. Rest in peace.